0: Hello and welcome back to our podcast, 95 Meditations through Colossians with Campus Collective. I'm your host, Andrew O'Callaghan, and I'm here once more with Luke Ham. Luke, what do you got for us today, buddy?
1: Hey, Andrew. We're going to be looking at uh, verse 24 today in Colossians 1. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take, take a look at that now. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. This is Paul speaking here. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church. So I see two kind of sticking points that may kind of hang us up in this, in this verse. Um, so I want to look at both those things. So really the first one, the issue, I think, is that as Americans, Christians, uh, Paul's opening statement here is so foreign to us that we virtually have no categories for it. We are taught, sometimes subtly, but often even directly, this idea that if you're a Christian, And if you're doing the right things, then your life will be pretty good. But this is a false gospel, uh, a form of the prosperity gospel that is so pervasive that it's worked its way into a lot of our uh, theology. Jesus, on the other hand, actually promises Christian suffering. And here, even more than that, Paul is willingly putting himself into a position that he knows he will suffer for. So why? Is it that he can be macho and show everybody how tough he is? Because I I think that's sometimes on the other side of American Christianity, that just needlessly and self-willingly suffering to prove how tough we are, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not what it's about. Neither of those directions is is right. Neither of those directions are the implications of the gospel. Um, Christian, God is calling us into hard things, into positions where we may suffer, even where we will choose to endure suffering. Uh, And the question is why? Why would he do that? And what does Paul mean when he says to fill up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions? So that's really the second sticking point for us. It would be easy to distort this verse and take it out of context. But I offer you this explanation. While these people had the written description of what Jesus did for them, they did not have the physical display of the gospel. And that's why God is calling Paul into suffering here. Mm -hmm. He is being the physical display of the gospel, showing that Jesus and his hope in the gospel are so sure that nothing can touch it, that his joy in Christ is so real that suffering from this world doesn't begin to budge his joy that he knows is anchored in Christ. So, fellow believer let us love the gospel so deeply that we will choose suffering that others may see and know Christ more fully, not out of our own strength, but out of a joy set so deeply in knowing God and his freedom that no barrier could slow us down from talking about and sharing our Savior with those who deeply need him.
0: I think even in this one, you know, the word hope I think stands out to me And at the beginning of that verse that you read there, it says, For your sake I am suffering. He's suffering for the sake of the Colossians. And elsewhere in Colossians, he specifies that the reason he suffers for them is that he wants to see them uh, reach full maturity in Christ. He wants to see them stand before Christ fully mature. And uh, in 2 Timothy, it says also that he will endure everything for the sake of the elect. But before that, he says... uh, I am suffering for the gospel. This is kind of a paraphrase. I am suffering the gospel f- for the gospel. I am bound up uh, as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. And he says, therefore, mm-hmm. I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And so, this is his ambition: that the people at Colossae would a- obtain a- attain to the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And he will stop at nothing. No suffering will stop him from doing from seeing that come to fruition because the hope is that good because the word of god is not bound because these things are true because there really is a hope laid up for paul and for all who believe in jesus in heaven so he will endure all things and i think that uh your exegesis there your interpretation of what it's what it means when it says that when we suffer when paul suffers that he is filling up what is lacking and the suffering of christ of course christ's suffering wasn't insufficient but it was uh, a display for a, per- a particular audience which we now have um, re-displayed for us in, in suffering throughout all, all times when people suffer for the gospel even then to death and to mm-hmm. prison um, because their gain doesn't lay in this world but in heaven and, and their suffering is proof of that for they'll die for it.
1: Absolutely and, and you know if, if we could I think often it's easy to look at suffering and view it only as a barrier to the gospel and a barrier for us to maybe get through. But here Paul is showing us that it's not just that, that we literally can rejoice in that. Hmm. And and how are we free to do that? It's because the gospel is is that hope which we can look to and when we see these moments that we have to endure for others that they may know that that, that the reason that Paul is not going to stop with that but not only that he won't stop with that but that he rejoices in it mm. is that these moments that we so often see as the bad moments are actually moments where we display grace in a unique way that can't be displayed through words alone mm. that the gospel is so sure that it actually practically physically plays out in such a way that when the rest of the world would look at our circumstances and say that's terrible we endure it with joy yeah
0: i think that the american picture of suffering is often lacking and i think one way we ought to test ourselves is by looking at the example of the apostles the all the apostles paul and in acts we see the apostles are uh tried before a council and they're end up they're beaten they're told not to proclaim christ anymore And then it says that they went on their way rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer for the gospel in the same manner that Christ did. Mm. And so that's very convicting. Like, do we go on our way rejoicing that we've been counted worthy, that only those whom Christ has called worthy can even suffer? Only those who are worthy can even suffer. And Mm. so it is a true honor to even be able to endure that sort of uh, trial for the sake of Christ.
1: Yeah.
0: Luke, I really appreciate you sharing that. It really encourages me today. Uh, It strengthens me and my hope of the gospel, and I hope it, it strengthens you as well. And so I pray you
1: will join us tomorrow as we continue through our series, 95 Meditations in Colossians.